Grace to you and peace from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, whenever I start the process of working on my sermons, I always start by just reading through the text, praying about the text, and then trying to think of all the questions that I might have. All the various questions, the questions that I think that other people might have. Questions that I might know the answers to, and then questions that I don't know the answers to. Sometimes I get it. Sometimes I get it right. And I can always tell when I get it right, because somebody undoubtedly will say, Pastor, I'm glad I always had that question, and you finally answered it. But then there are those other times, aren't there? Those times that I don't quite get it right. I remember a long time ago, and I'm not going to name the church to protect the innocent. <clears throat> I gave a sermon, and I was, I was standing out front shaking hands, and, and, and a gentleman came by, a, a nice, well-meaning gentleman. He said, Pastor, I loved your sermon today. It was right on the mark. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. And he began talking, and as he began talking, I realized that he had been focused on the introduction. You see, in the introduction story at that particular time, I had talked about the difference between battery-powered power tools versus core-driven power tools. And it was at the, the, the early dawning of, of battery-powered power tools, and so he began to talk about how much it really meant to me to hold a good discussion on power tools. Somebody else was standing nearby, and they began to ask him, well, did you hear anything else? Did you hear about this? Did you? And he's like, oh, no, I, I don't feel like that was really important. But the power tools, I missed the mark. I had, I had tried to preach on certain questions, certain aspects, certain things, and, well, none of it interested him. He didn't have those questions. And so he focused on the power tools instead. We have those questions, don't we? Those questions that we bring to the text. Those questions that we have. We, we start to read a text and all of a sudden we have questions about how one thing happens or how another thing happens. And today's text, today's gospel reading is all about a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions that come with this text. Jew, Jews are having a discussion with Jesus it's a little snippet. We're, we're used to that. We're used to seeing Jesus interact with the various Jews, whether they be Pharisees, Sadducees, or, or some other group. We're used to seeing that. But today's exchange seems almost more heated than some of the others. And so the text comes with a lot of questions. How did this happen? What's going on here why is Jesus talking the way he's talking? What, what, what's, what's even taking place? And who is Jesus? He says he has authority, but by what authority? What is he actually saying? You see this text, this, this discourse back and forth actually starts way back. I shouldn't say way back. Right at the end of chapter 7, in the beginning of chapter 8, a woman caught in adultery is brought forward to be stoned to death. And Jesus instead tells this woman that her sins are forgiven and that she is to go and sin no more. 
And this begins an entire discussion about who he is and by what authority he has to say such things, to do such things. And so the discussion goes back and forth, back and forth. The Jews talk, Jesus speaks. What's really interesting is this idea of hypocrisy. You see, we know what a hypocrite is, don't we? We know what they are. A hypocrite is somebody who lies. They, they, they say one thing, but then by their very actions, by their very deeds, they do something else. They're wearing a mask, if you will, a pretend, a false identity. That's what a hypocrite is. But you know, way back when, the Puritans actually had a different definition that went alongside with it. You might want to say it was a secondary category of hypocrisy. The second category that they used to place on it was somebody who actually believed the lie. Somebody who had lied so much and so vehemently that they actually believed the lie that they were saying. If we were to try to classify where the Jews are this morning in today's exchange, we would have to talk about the second category. The second category of hypocrisy. They say that they have never been slaves, but yet they're living in a land that is ruled by the Romans. They are not in control. They do not have power. The only power that they have is that which is given to them by Rome. So they are living in a manner of speaking, of subservitude. They say, we are children of Abraham. They point to ethnicity. And certainly they are, but yet they neglect the faith that Abraham had. They neglect the very faith that Abraham spoke and taught. They talk about how they maintain God's word, and yet they make their own rules. They make rules that sometimes conflict with God's word, that go against God's word, that flat out go against Holy Scripture, the very word of God. And so they fit into the second category. They fit into the second part. And I think this should cause us to reflect a little bit. We all know what a hypocrite is. And yet, at times when we reflect upon our own lives, we might find that we fit into that second category. How often have we ourselves said that God is the most important thing as long as it doesn't conflict with whatever it happens to be this week? How often have we convinced ourselves that we're willing to go out and help our neighbor as long as our neighbor doesn't smell funny and as long as our neighbor isn't on the wrong side of the tracks and we're perfectly fine, we're going to go to church with anybody as long as they don't, you know, wear the wrong clothes or happen to look too different. And I'm not saying this to point fingers at anyone. Because the reality is, is I think as we self-reflect, as we really reflect upon our own lives and upon our own doings, 
As we have come and gone all through the years, we will find that we have all done this. We have all bought into our own lies. We have all found lies that we have latched onto, that we have found ourselves believing. That we have found ourselves actually buying into whatever it happens to be. I think all of us have done it at one point or another. And we all stand accused of sin, for we are all sinners. You know, as we read through this text, it might be hard to even see the gospel. Where is the gospel in all of this? And the gospel actually comes where this text started. Where this text began all the way back in the end of chapter 7 and the beginning of chapter 8. The question that is the driving force behind all of this. By what authority do you do these things? And Jesus answers. And the answer that Jesus gives to us this morning is actually the answer that usually defines this text. It's usually the answer that places this text. You see, because usually we don't see this text now. We see it on Trinity Sunday. And on Holy Trinity Sunday, one of the things that we discuss is what Jesus says right there at the end. Before Abraham was, I am. Jesus, who spoke Aramaic, who spoke a version of Hebrew, said it. You see, it was a name. It was the name. For you see, that is the name of God. It translates as I am. Sometimes we pronounce it. The best thing that we can kind of do is say we think it's pronounced Yahweh. We're pretty certain of it. But you see, we didn't have the actual pronunciation keys because you weren't supposed to say that name. You were not supposed to let that name enter your lips which is why they pick up stones, for it was a penalty of death. But yet Jesus is hidden, and Jesus escapes. But Jesus also tells us exactly who he is. He is the Son of God, but he is also God himself. He is, I am. By what authority does he do these things? By the very authority of God. And so we might say the same thing to us this morning. As we, repentant sinners, come to the very altar of our Lord, as we stand here this day with our faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we stand forgiven. We stand forgiven not for what we have, because of what we have done, not because of how great we are, but we stand forgiven because Christ says we are. And he says we are because he is God. We are forgiven through the very work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Before Abraham was, I am. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the very peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.